0: I hope that you'll listen to all of this reflection, whether you normally listen all the way through or not. It's just that if you stop, it's because you may well be infected with the very topic at hand, apathy, the end of exceptionalism. I've been reading a couple of Minnesota news stories that have me confused, not surprisingly, and very frustrated, not unrealistically. The stories are focused on A. To what extent the January 6th House Committee hearings on the insurrection are being followed on TV or elsewhere in the news, and B. Whether they are changing anybody's views on the actions and inactions, both then and now, of the former president and his congressional followers. In short, the response seems to be A. Relatively few, and B not much at all. I suppose that there is an element of to each his or her own in talking about programming choices. If a viewer prefers something like The Bachelor or The Real Housewives of Tuscaloosa, it's their own business. But when they ignore an attempted coup of our government, it is the business of all of us. In the words of conservative Republican Judge J. Michael Luttig, witness at the hearings, quote, America's democracy was almost stolen from us on January 6th, unquote. Does that matter to us? It seems nearly incomprehensible that American citizens are not outraged If Russia had plotted initiatives of the gravity undertaken by the former president, we would likely be at a more direct war with them than we are now. Veterans who purport to have fought for freedoms as patriots would be clamoring for a swift and sure action against such a threat in the name of democracy and the Constitution. But a portion of our society has chosen to subscribe to the cult of a narcissistic charlatan rather than to understand the facts of January 6th. And facts are precisely what are being presented within the hearings, the cold, hard, incredible words and actions of those who sought to overthrow the government of the United States. How can there be ambivalence to such reality? Ambivalence to overthrow constitutes complicity, and that's potentially you and me. Those opposed to the hearing suggest rationales which are as untruthful as the big lie of the stolen election. The panel is not Democrats alone. Two Republican members sit on the committee The evidence is not comprised of opinions or attitudes of the president's opponents, but rather the president's own words and actions, the testimony of some of his closest aides, including family members, and the recorded notes and memos written by the president's own legal advisors. Rarely has a dossier of condemning evidence been accumulated to make a case. The only element missing in this presentation is the interest of the American people, many of whom, thus far, are too apathetic to care what happens. Quote, I couldn't care less, stated one Minnesotan interviewed by the Minneapolis Star Tribune. Old news. What's actually going to come of it that will matter? So much of what happens in Washington just seems like it's for show. Only for show? I hate to be disagreeable, but he's just plain wrong, as are others who continue to deny the reality of what has happened. The revelations coming from the committee hearings are new and incredibly substantive. The public now has access to the words and perspectives of those in the very center of the maelstrom from that day. Previously unheard testimony from those we might most have expected to defend the president. Only for show? Perhaps the man quoted above is too young to have lived through Watergate. In that case, he would be well advised to pay attention to the current grind of law taking place on Capitol Hill. Our democracy is not guaranteed, and those who take it for granted are likely to be the loudest in protest when the prize has been lost. Our role as citizens is to be awake even when the programming is difficult. Current times may be painful for filling up our gas tanks or seeking new home loans. These are painful intrusions that disrupt our daily lives. But they are mere inconveniences next to the possible loss of our democratic life. It's akin to the crying over the loss of your toenail as you face the possible loss of life from cancer. The nail is a nice thing to have. Your life is your very life. Faced with the two issues, I'm guessing that the man quoted above would try to learn as much as he could about cancer and how to beat it, rather than saying, so what? There will be more hearings to come and almost certainly more evidence to hear. I wonder if U.S. citizens will be committed and brave enough to hear our diagnosis and choose the best treatment for it. To do otherwise is to just be too apathetic.